We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Andy Herman of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm here to tell you about TickPick. TickPick should be your very first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Pack-A-Day Podcast and the Blue Wire Network. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast hello and welcome in to the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am your host i am your co-host dusty evely with me is the always amazing sarah kelleher steve is not here with us today so it's just sarah and i which is fine because she's the best of us anyway so sarah how how are you how are you doing? Uh, how, how was your weekend? Good. You know, it's good to be back. I wish, you know, Steve was here and the three of us were together, but I was sick last week, not COVID. I think Steve shared that. I got tested negative, just had a really bad cold, and you guys would have not wanted to listen to my <laughs> voice and my stuffy nose and all of that. So feeling much better. Had a nice weekend, binge watched a lot of Netflix, watched the Packers win, so can't really complain. What about you, Dusty? Yeah, yeah, it was good. I uh, watched the game by myself, which there's, there's always for me a certain kind of sadness in that. I like watching with with uh, with friends and stuff, but got to watch by myself, uh, and it was you know a little tense at times and eased up at the end. You know, fun overall, and uh, got to the, got to watch the new Halloween movie. Um, I am way too overwhelmed and stressed out at work, but uh, excited to talk a little football and uh, and look forward to next week. So I'm 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 doing well. So I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll start off with we'll just start off with some news and notes tonight. Uh, so, you know, a couple a couple big news points. Uh, it was announced today or yesterday, I guess, the two newest members in the Packers Hall of Fame that will be inducted uh, next year. And it is one Mr. Tim Harris. Tim Harris played linebacker for five years in Green Bay between 86 and 90. Uh, 422 tackles, one Pro Bowl, one All Pro. Actually, won a Super Bowl, but in, in San Francisco, really great linebacker uh, for that stretch. I'm I'm happy to see him get in. And the other guy, someone I don't think a lot of people have heard of, and certainly no one has any opinions on, is one Mister Greg Jennings. So before we get to that, Greg Jennings, seven years in Green Bay, two times Pro Bowlers, obviously one time Super Bowl with with two with one 
I guess two iconic catches in that. And then an all time moment on the sideline that led to a second touchdown. That was just amazing over his career, regular season, 425 receptions, 6,357 yards and 53 touchdowns. I know opinions are relatively split on Greg Jennings. I don't know about you are relatively split. I think a lot of people just don't like him. Sarah, what are your feelings on uh, these two guys getting in specifically Greg Jennings? I mean, I can't believe that the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers, allowed this. This is just (laughs) absurd. No, I mean, it's fine. I think, like you said, people have their opinions specifically about Jennings, but he was a good player, did a lot of good things for the Packers. So this makes sense. People will try to make it controversial, but it doesn't really need to be. You know, if, if he didn't have those opinions and wasn't outspoken about certain issues, it would be no doubt. There would Nobody would question this decision. So I know it's hard, but let's just try to forget about that little piece um, and think about, you know, what he did for the Packers as a football player. And Harris, you know, not really surprising either. It's just exciting that, you know, two new guys are going to be in the Packers Hall of Fame. And I always love this. It's the Packers have such a unique history. And I think it's really, truly an honor to be part of that. We'll get into it in a minute here. But Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday talked a lot about how the Bears and Packers rivalry that so many players that have made the league into what it is today were part of that rivalry. And when you go to Soldier Field and you go to Lambeau Field and you look at, you know, the names that are in the ring of honor, there's a lot of influential people, um, a lot of influential names um, in those stadiums. And if you're, you know, it's just iconic to be part of the Packers Hall of Fame. So congratulations to them. And let's just, I don't want to say we'll give Greg Jennings a break, but he did a lot of good things for the Packers. So, yeah, he's. I mean, he's. He's obviously his, his post playing career has been. Uh, we'll say unique in terms of in terms of some of his comments. But again, two two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Uh, a a tremendous. Uh, again, kind of called the second one. Kind of saw something in the defense. I wrote up. I wrote that up in the offseason. Tremendous, like huge third down catch. And then in addition to that, I mean, I always think of that overtime game winner uh, against the Broncos when Favre was there, uh, like some really good moments and just tremendous wide receiver, really, really smooth. So I'm, I'm excited to see him go in. I, I've regardless of post playing, I've always been a big fan of his. Uh, we've also got some Packers have made a move. They have signed Aaron Adeoye, a linebacker to the practice squad and have released Quentin Dunbar. Uh, Dunbar did not last very long uh, as a cornerback. I feel like at this point you can't have enough cornerback uh, bodies in there, but also it's practice squad and and we've seen Gutekunst do this churn before. So Adeoye, just a little bit on him. He went to college at uh, Southeast Missouri State, undrafted in 2016. Uh, kind of bounced around a little. Uh, played uh, with the, was with the Ravens from 2019 to 2020, with the Jets a little earlier this year, and now with the Packers. As we've seen through a bunch of this stuff, and again, as we just saw with Dunbar, probably not going to stick around too much, uh, too long. Uh, kind of a body for the practice squad there, but uh, we've talked about this before. I'm I'm always a fan of that constant turn churn from uh, Gutekunst, bottom of the roster there. Constantly trying to improve, constantly looking for guys that hit, uh, and just and just kind of keeping that fresh. So I've always been a big fan of that. The bigger news, the bigger news, Sarah, David Bakhtiari, David Bakhtiari practice. So there's a couple big names here. Bakhtiari practiced, but this week, and I've not seen any movement on this yet, MVS and Dominique Daphne are both eligible to return from IR. Again, we've not Ooh. seen any movement on them, but Bakhtiari actually practiced. I believe it was probably, it was likely a light workout. There's been no news on him thus far of, of the status for the game this weekend. So we have no idea if he's playing or not, but the fact that he's out there doing any kind of work at all is thrilling. So Sarah, with those, uh, I guess with Bakhtiari specifically, um, 
I mean, you just said woo, so I guess I know how you're feeling. But Sarah, what are your feelings on Bakhtiari actually out there and practicing again? I mean, this is great. I think, you know, we got to give kudos to the Packers offensive line because they faced a lot of adversity in a short amount of time already this season and have really stepped up to the challenge every single week. You know, they were already week one. They were you know without Bakhtiari, without arguably their leader um, on that front. So they've really been able to adjust. And I think... I think that is truly a blessing in disguise because now Bakhtiari is going to to come back, you know, whether it's this weekend, next weekend, whenever they feel like he's game ready, let's say. And those guys that didn't have the experience before on the line that, you know, didn't feel maybe as comfortable, were a little nervous, they're ready to go now. They're ready to play. Now they have their leader back. And I think that just especially, you know, preparing for this big run that the Packers are going to need to go on and beat some really good teams on the road too. And, you know, on short weeks on Thursday night with Arizona, it's just perfect to kind of have that depth there at the offensive line position to get your leader back. So this really couldn't be happening at a better time for the Packers, in my opinion. Um, As far as, you know, what's going to happen, I'm not sure if he'll play this weekend. I think, I don't think he'll start. He might, you know, get a few reps in there and just, you know, get in the game a bit, but I really think the Thursday night game against the Cardinals is when they're probably looking at him to try to make the comeback, to try to have him ready to go. Um, Because, you know, that's going to be one of their biggest games this season. You know, the Cardinals are undefeated right now, probably going to be undefeated when they play next week. Um, But it's, it's exciting. I mean, Bakhtiari is a great guy, great player. And just to have somebody like that back in the mix is exciting. You know that Rodgers trusts the hell out of him too. So that might, you know, give him a little confidence boost as well. And with MVS and Daphne, that's great. You know, you, you could tell Rodgers is itching to throw it deep to somebody. <laughs> he misses MVS and MVS should be back and it'll be exciting to get everybody back on at the same time and let's reset and let's go because there have been a lot of injuries and I'm, um, Lucky, luckily, you know, some of them haven't been too serious. So it's just, it's just nice to have people back. Yeah. And, and I'll talk more about it when we're talking about the things we're looking for. But this game specifically, I'd love to have MVS back again. I don't know if he's going to be or not, but man, I'd, I'd just, I think, I think he would just be a great way to attack this Washington defense. Uh, so I get, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But for now, just Sarah, what are your thoughts of the game? Well, you know, we always, we, we, we had the, I own you and, and all of the, you know, the big moments from that game. And you write the recap every week and do an amazing job with that. But uh, just kind of, you know, sitting back, we're a couple days removed now. Uh, how do you feel about, uh, about that game overall? It was a fun, it was a fun game. And I also watched it by myself, which is kind of <laughs> rare and kind of contrary to what you were saying. I, I actually enjoy when I watch the game by myself because then I can just write my recap at peace and no one's bothering me. <laughs> um, and, but it was, it was a nice change um, to watch it alone. And I had fun. Um, I thought the defense played really well. Um, I know that the Bears offense isn't the greatest and, but the defense is missing almost all their guys. There's, there was one, especially in the secondary, there was one point in the game where Adrian Amos was the only starter in the Packers secondary <laughs> and, you know, they held their own. They did okay. Um, and again, that allows some guys to get reps that maybe wouldn't have. And when you get deeper into the season, that's really, really important for, you know, your whole team to feel comfortable there. But I had a lot of fun. I mean, the I own you, that was just utterly 
amazing. And that was the thing. Usually if I'm watching the game with people and there's a touchdown, you know, everybody's yelling and we don't really hear what they're saying. But the fact that I was watching the game alone, I was just like, oh, yeah, Roger scored another rushing touchdown. And then all of a sudden I hear him yell that. I literally am like, there's no way that he actually just uttered those words from his mouth that I must have misheard. He must have said something else. So I immediately, instead of rewinding it, I immediately just go to Twitter and everyone's in all caps on my timeline. I own you. I own you. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe he said that. Um, So that was just a ton of fun, but it was nice to see the defense kind of step up when I really didn't have a lot of confidence in them. And holy cow, it Boho Blast, whatever everyone's calling the Packers punter, he is incredible. Um, And that was really cool too. The offense, you know, it's not perfect right now, but you can see it's getting there. Bears have a good defense. They held their own against them. So Overall, to me, this was just a fun game. I was never too stressed pretty much after the first quarter. I felt really good. Um, and it was just a good game and nice to enjoy it. What about you? Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, yeah, the, the Bears scored that first touchdown. I was like, oh, man, like that looked way too easy. Like you don't know what you're going to get from fields. And like you said, I mean, I, I was already on high alert anyway with, with you know, the defense missing so many guys. And then Preston Smith goes down early and like all of the stuff that kind of went is like, oh, this could be really easy for Justin Fields. And after the first touchdown, I got a little wary. But yeah, after that, I mean, you know, the, after the Packers scored a touchdown and got their field goal, it never really felt in doubt, even though, you know, I got there within three points a couple times. Uh, the Packers always seemed to kind of handle things when it mattered. Kenny Clark was just a grown man all day long. I mean, he helped close it out with those with those couple sacks late. They were just incredible. Uh, Dean Lowry had a huge sack to close the, the the basically close the first half, so the the Bears couldn't tie it up. Uh, you know, Rogers missed Lazard on that deep pass, which which kind of stung. But we got to see you know Dylan got going a little bit. Uh, Devontae Adams was not necessarily shut down, but limited. Um, so they you know found other guys to go to. It was, it was a relatively conservative game plan, which I get. Um, but they still found ways to attack that defense. They didn't give up on the run. Um, again, it was one of those like they got down seven nothing. They couldn't get anything going offensively. It's one where like maybe you see them turtle a little bit at times, but they just they stuck with even if it wasn't working, man, they stuck with what they were doing. And when it started working, it started working really well. So I was a big, big fan of the game as a whole. Um, Again, nothing really that that blew the doors off, but, you know, some fun stuff. And then they had answers when things were not necessarily working the way they'd planned and uh, a good win against a solid defensive team. And like you said, I mean, they were (laughs) missing MVS on the offensive side, uh, they're missing, you know, half of their offensive line. They're missing almost their entire defense. And to be able to uh, to pull out a win on the road like that, uh, I think, you know, when Jair went down, this was a thing like this three-game stretch. Uh, I could see them going two and one. It's one of those, uh, you know, I kind of thought, you know, the Bengals game to me was like the biggest, biggest one that the based on the offensive challenges that would present the defense. Maybe they lose that game. They're two and oh right now. So, I mean, they, you know. They could lose this weekend. I don't see them losing this this weekend against Washington. But if they were able to go two and one, three and zero with a lot of the losses they've had on both sides of the ball, that's that's pretty impressive. Even if they haven't necessarily faced the strongest competition, so good game overall. Um, it, was, it was fun. Not like you said, not not overly stressful, which is nice. <laughs> All right, Sarah. Um, you kind of mentioned earlier, Rogers on McAfee today, as he is every Tuesday. Uh, what what things did he get into? How did he talk about the Ionu stuff? What was uh, what were some of your big takeaways from today? Yeah, so another great show. I mean, this is it's got to be one of the best segments 
uh, weekly sports segments out there, whether you're just for sports fans in general, you don't have to be even be a Packers fan because it's so interesting to just kind of have that unfiltered version of a really um, notable athlete like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but this Tuesday was a great episode. Rodgers said Tuesday is a special day, not only because he gets to talk with Pat and the boys, but because Tuesday is squat day that he gets to go into the facility and, and squat there before he talks with Pat and the boys. So he was in a great mood. Um, almost immediately, Pat McAfee asked about, you know, the I own you thing. This has been a hot topic the last few days. And Roger said it was just a spur of the moment thing. You know, he he had talked about in his postgame presser, if you saw that, that all he saw was a woman giving him the double bird in the crowd, and then he blacked out, and the rest just kind of fumbled out of his mouth, and then he found out later what he actually said. Um, turns out, from other crowd shots, that it wasn't just one woman giving him the double bird. There was a lot of people giving him the double bird, um, and that is what prompted Rogers to say, you know, I effing own you. I've owned you. I still own you. I've owned you my whole effing life, whatever he said. So it was awesome. But he said part of him was very proud of the way that he ran on Sunday. He said the local media likes to give him a hard time that he's having trouble getting out of the pocket and he looks slower. So he's like, I was just very proud of myself and my running abilities there. Uh, he also talked about how... He got involved on the QB sneak on fourth and one, uh, which I couldn't believe my eyes when that happened on Sunday. And he said Bakhtiari messes with him all the time and says he sucks at that. He's not a good quarterback for QB sneak. So he was excited to prove him wrong, too. Um, He said he didn't plan on telling this is a direct quote. I didn't plan on telling the crowd I own them. Our team played well. I said I a lot, but it's more of a we thing. So the Packers own the Bears is basically what Aaron Rodgers said. That's what I got from that. He did not expect the reaction to be as crazy as it was on social media. He said he specifically liked a lot of Kurt Benkert's uh, social media posts, which were really great. A lot of good photoshops there. And MVS, which, you know, MVS posted that they got to put a <laughs> statue of Rogers outside Soldier Field. And I thought it was funny because this always this is proof that Aaron Rodgers, if he's not liking things on social media, he's always lurking and he's always there and he wa- he's watching. Because I went I'm creepy and I went to his likes when he said this to go find those specific tweets. And he didn't like any of those tweets, but he obviously saw them since he directly referenced them on the Pat McAfee show. So just know if you have a fire meme out there, Aaron Rodgers could see it. He just is not going to toss you the like. Um, He said he didn't regret it at all also. And that prompted Pat McAfee to do a little low fist pump under the, like he he tried to hide it, but you could tell he was still very excited. (laughs) And then he went, on a very, very, very long rant about woke culture, cancel culture, all of that, and his opinion on that. So I'm not going to completely get into it, but if you want to check it out, I would, you know, go on YouTube look at, and look it up. It's all there. Um, but he talked a lot about he doesn't want people to he doesn't want people to think he sees himself as a victim. But he even said, you know, there's been stuff with my family or my leadership style or if I'm passionate about football and people question that. And if I don't respond to it right away, they think, oh, it must be true. If he doesn't respond, it has to be true when he would just rather 
not respond um, at all. So that was a few of the things he talked a little about how um, Matt LaFleur is, is a close hugger and that he hugs people really close and usually like your face touches and it makes him uncomfortable. But that Matt LaFleur is getting a little better with his hugs and giving more of a bro hug. But he said that their relationship is so great. Um, and the last thing I wanted to touch on, and I know we'll talk about it a little more later because we got a good question about this, um, was at the end of the game, he during his one of his pressers, he said that he didn't feel like it was the last time that he'd play at, at Soldier Field. Um, so does that mean Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Packers again next year? Does that mean he could be on another team and he thinks, oh, well, we'll at least play the Bears, so I have to be you know, here at some point. Um, but he said, usually, you know, I get a feeling when something's coming to an end. I, you know, before the game, I was in the locker room and I thought about this is my, you know, 18th time in this stadium, 14th or 15th time as a starter. And when he walked off the field, he said there was something inside me that just didn't didn't say that this was the last time. So that he had a feeling and he trusted his gut and he doesn't believe it's the last time. Um, and other than that, the seventh installment of the Aaron Rodgers book club is The Art of War. So a, cla- a classic book that's been around forever. Um, and if you're reading those, definitely let us know. I haven't been able to keep up with it, but I, I've seen a few people on Twitter have. Packers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Packer tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices in all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Recently, I was just able to pick up tickets to Packers Vikings in Minnesota, going to be heading west for that game. Attending my first game in the new Vikings stadium, cannot wait for that. Let me tell you, it was so incredibly easy to use TickPick. No awful service fees. I cannot recommend it enough. And the easiest way to do so is by going to TickPick.com slash Packaday today to save $10 on your first order of Packers tickets or any other tickets that you want to purchase. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, it, it, I was, it one of those, I was waiting for the art of war to come up. Like at some point, I just assume you, it, if you talk football, you have to know that book. Um, all football coaches have a leather bound copy on their shelves. So it seemed like it was only a matter of time before they came up, but there's, there's some fun stuff there. So yeah, thanks, Sarah. I caught up a little, I caught a little bit of that, uh, this week, but thank you as always for, for giving us, uh, some of the highlights from that. It's, um, that you know, there's some hit and miss with some of those interviews, but uh, more entertaining than not. Uh, I, we talked about this last year, but I love uh, I love seeing this side of Aaron Rodgers, kind of the, the laid back, uh, just kind of no holds barred Aaron Rodgers. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun. Um, all right, man, we got a game this weekend. We got a game this weekend uh, against the Washington football team, um, who I always read as as WTF, but it's actually WFT. Uh, I do so, the same thing. Every single time, man. Every single time. Uh, I always think it's a joke. And I'm like, oh, no, no, that, that's the abbreviation. Um, so, Sarah, what are you looking for this weekend out of the uh, the uh, Washington football team? Or do, as always, we do Packers offense versus the defense. So what are you looking for from the Packers offense? Yeah, so... Guys, the Washington football team, their defense is not good. Not good at all, which which was kind of shocking because last year they were very good and they were one of the best defenses. And this year, I don't know what has happened at all. But their defense ranks 31 out of 32 teams in the NFL. So that's you know not great. <laughs> they um, give up an average of 309.5 passing yards per game, which is the worst in the NFL. They also give up an average of 31 points per game, which is the worst in the NFL. So a lot of, a lot of talk lately about how the Packers offense, even though they're 5-1, and one, is not efficient. It's not as efficient as it was last year, that they're horrible in the red zone, that compared to their historic, you know, 83 whatever percent conversion rate in the red zone or the gold zone last year, that it's bad. It's all bad, even though the Packers are 5-1. and one. So... Some of that, as annoyed as I get with it, is true. And the execution in the red zone is something specifically with Mr. Robert Tunyon that I'd like to see a little more of. We, we've seen it time and time again now in the first six weeks of Packers season that that connection is just off. Rodgers is just missing him a tiny, a tiny bit. You know, he's not in the right place or... It's just been weird, and he had a you know he had a couple good catches this year, but last year it just seemed like that connection was solid. It was like Devon, you know, Aaron to Devontae, and right after Aaron was going to Tunyon to Big Bob. So I really this week what I'm looking for this is an opportunity for the Packers to get going in the passing game. You know, obviously the Washington Football Team is not good at you know defending the pass, so. Let's get it started. Let's start to execute in the red zone. I'd love to see that. Love, you know, Devontae. I know he was a little limited this past weekend, but let's get him involved again. But specifically, I'm going to be looking for 
Big Bobby Tunyon. And I want to see how he's going to get involved. I'd love to see a touchdown out of him this weekend. And I think this is the week that I'm sure he's a little frustrated. I'm sure he's losing confidence a little bit. He hasn't been able to produce like he has, you know, like he did last year. This is the week that I think Tunyon can get back in the mix. And it could, and again, couldn't come at a better time. If he can get, if they can get that connection back, if MVS is back this week and they start to click all before the Cardinals game next week. Good things coming for the Packers. So I think they have to establish some of those connections that have been missing this week. And that's what I'm going to be looking for on offense. What about you, Dusty? Yeah, so uh, I spent a lot of time this past offseason and, you know, reading and then talking about to some extent the um, <clears throat> the, the Brandon Staley defense and, and kind of what we expected, you know, with Joe Barry coming in. And, and one of the big points on that, there are two big points, two main points and what I'm going to focus on. The two big points are generally five-man line, and those rotating safeties, a lot of them showing, you know, a too high look pre-snap. And then you spin those guys post-snap. Maybe you get a two-man, too high look. Maybe it's too high. Maybe it's a quarter's look, cover six, blah, 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 blah. Or maybe they rotate and you bring a guy down in the box and you get more of the one high, that cover three, that kind of family. What you talk about is is it's it's middle of the field open, middle of the field closed is 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 how you typically group those. So middle of the field closed would be like a, like a one high because uh, you've got one guy there that post that that is closed and the middle of field open is your two hike that's split pretty easy. So you, you kind of group those, but that's the, that's the big thing is like, and, and a lot of teams uh, around the league are kind of doing this. That's this, you've got these two high and you're spitting those guys. So that post snap, they mean the post snap look is, is different than the pre snap look or it's not, but there, there's a lot of trickery there. You know, who doesn't really do that is Washington. Like Washington doesn't really do that a whole lot at all. They typically will show you uh, what they're going to do pre snap. If they've got one high safety pre-snap, they're 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 one high. They're playing one high. They're playing middle of the field closed. If they've got two high, they're playing the middle of the field open. They're playing two high safeties. There's not a whole lot of trickery there on the back end of that defense, um, which which is you know good to game plan against. Good when you're looking at that stuff pre-snap. And then also like <laughs> they blow a whole lot of coverages. So they play primarily middle of the field closed. A lot of a lot of one high coverages. The way you can attack that, and this is where MVS could really come in, but even if he doesn't, there's ways to attack that. Um, is So and kind of where I'm getting this is they're, they're attacking through the downfield passing game. A couple of main concepts we're looking at are the Mills concept in Portland or, or Yankee or something. Basically what you do, you run a dig, like, you know, I don't know, 15 to 12 to 20 yards downfield. You're pushing hard at that safety. You're trying to get him to come up on that dig or on that crosser, and then you're in a post over the top. So you're basically trying to get that single high safety to vacate his position as the post defender and then run a post over the top and Washington bites on that a lot so anything if you've got that kind of intermediate dig a lot of times that guy will come up on that crosser and then you run that post over the top and so it's the Mills concept where the dig and post come from the same side or that Portland slash or Yankee concept where the the dig comes from say the left and the post comes from the right but the idea is the same you're trying to get that single high safety pulled down so if you know what they're going to play pre-snap and if you know they tend to pull coverages, they like to pull up on that. That's a way to attack that. And so I expect we're going to see quite a bit of that. They've run, you know, a little bit of the Mills and, and Yankee concepts so far this year. Uh, I would imagine that's going to be one way that they're going to look to attack this team. So it's really going to be helpful if MVS is is there because uh, you run Adams on that dig route and MVS over the top and they can't keep up with that speed. But man. Even if he's not healthy, we saw Lazard spring open this past week. Like they've got you know, even, I don't know, man, send Aaron Jones on that stuff. I don't care. But if you can get that that safety 
biting on that dig route from Adams, where they're going to pay special attention to anyway, that post is going to be open. So I'm looking for downfield passing game, looking for them to attack the post uh, with some of those uh, with some of those concepts to draw the single eye safety up. So that's, I mean, it's it's very specific, but that's uh, that's what I'm looking for. Just man, just hit that hit that post route, hit that post route, baby. So that's going to lead us right into our prop bet for this week. And although Steve couldn't join us um, to record, we did share, you know, and talk about what we were going to do this week. And he shared his answer with us beforehand so we can stay on track there. Um, So as I touched on before, the Washington football team, um, not great, especially defending the pass. And they're giving up an average of 309 and a half passing yards per game, which as a reminder is the worst in the NFL. And the Green Bay Packers are averaging 234 passing yards per game, which is lower than it was last season, but obviously still not terrible. Um, So this week, our prop bet will be the over-under if the Packers have 275 and a half passing yards. So, Dusty, what are you taking? You're taking the over? Are they going over 275 and a half? Are they going under? I'm going to take the over. Like I said, I, I think uh, the, the Washington defense is susceptible to busts. And I think it, it, whether or not MVS is there, I think they've got the personnel to take advantage of that. And, and Rodgers is, is smart enough to know where to attack and to see those busts. And so I think this is, I mean, they've, they've missed on a couple and they've even had, you know, defensive pass interference on a couple of those, pa- that passing yardage looks a little better. Um, again, I think they went conservative against the bears just based on that, on that defense, but I think they're going to look to open it up a little bit more. Um, not necessarily go spread, but I do think they're going to try to pepper that downfield area a little bit more. And I think they're, they know how to do it. So I, I, this, this to me, and you know, maybe I'm wrong here. Uh, that certainly has happened more often than not this year. Uh, but I see this, uh, kind of the breakout for this, uh, this passing game that we all know is coming at some point. This just seems like the time that it's likely going to happen right now. Yeah. I'm also going to take the over this week. I think this is the week where everything starts to kind of click on offense. Um, so I'm going to take the over and Steve is taking the under. So nice little twist there. Um, Steve is currently winning um, our series last week. Steve and I both said that the Packers would turn the ball over at least one point on offense. Dusty, I believe you said that they didn't. So sadly, I think that puts you in last. I'm kind of right in the middle. No, yeah, no, I'm losing this year. I already know I'm losing this year. And Steve is winning pretty comfortably. So we'll see how it goes. Um, You know, if you follow along with us, let us know what you picked um, or what you would pick, you know, if you were participating in this as well. And we're still looking for a punishment for the prop bet. Um, So if you have any ideas that don't involve us eating horrendous things that will destroy our stomachs and make us sick, please let us know um, because we'd, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. And now I think we're going to questions now, aren't we, yes. Sarah? We, we are done. I think we're going to Twitter questions. We are going right to questions. And the first question is from It's Randall Cobb again. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this. We touched on this earlier. And I, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts, Dusty. Um, and this question is, will Aaron Rodgers be the starting quarterback of the Packers in 2022? It's so tough, man. I at this point, I mean, I'm leaning, and even before he said that thing about, you know, I feel like this isn't the last one playing here. Which you can take a thousand different ways. Well, maybe that means he's gonna go somewhere that's gonna play the Bears next year. Like you don't, I have no idea. But I, I think someone someone asked me this, I think last week, and and the more I thought about it, the more I thought about this upcoming 
college quarterback class, um, which is bad, which is quite bad and not good. You know, some of the guys that you thought were going to be standouts. I know Spencer Rattler was the guy that was like, well, maybe he's the dude. Rattler's terrible this year. Um, and there's yeah. three or four of those guys so far this year that like, well, maybe that's going to be the guy. And like, they, they just, no one's really popped. Uh, and so I think you're going to have a lot of teams that, that maybe were, you know, quarterback needy teams that were hoping to get one of the draft this year. They're, that guy's not going to be in the draft this year. Uh, and so, the way Rodgers is playing, the way he seems to be getting along with, you know, not, you know, pretty much everyone. We don't know what the front office relationship looks like, but him saying, I feel like this was not the last time. I kind of feel like at this point that Rodgers is back next year and uh, and and maybe they trade Jordan Love for a haul to a dumb team looking not not saying that Jordan Love is trade for Jordan Love is a dumb move, but a team willing to overpay for a quarterback because they don't like anyone in the draft. Uh, so to me, that that it kind of feels like Rogers is back next year and Love may be traded to a team who is really like, man, we're gonna we're going all in for Spencer Rattler, and then they get halfway through the season, like, oh, we're no, we're not, no, we we should not do that. So that kind of feels like to me right now. I think I change on this week to week, but right now that's 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 kind of my feelings that he's back next year. I agree. I think Aaron Rodgers is is here to stay. If you would have asked me that's, you know, four months ago, I probably would have had a different answer. <laughs> but it seems like things are really trending in the right direction for him to be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 2022. Um, you know, we could be totally wrong. And the freezing cold takes could definitely clip this audio in a year. But I don't know. I just kind of like how Roger said he had a gut feeling leaving Soldier Field that it wouldn't be the last time. I have a gut feeling right now that Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback for the Packers next year. And every time somebody has asked him about Gudikins and the relationship, he has mentioned that it is going in a direction that he's really happy with. So clearly they're working on this. And I think, you know, if, if Hackett is still here next year, if, you know, obviously Matt LaFleur is going to be the coach next mm-hmm. year, obviously, unless something just drastically changes but if they can keep Hackett I know he's an attractive head coach or or, you know candidate for some of these teams that are really struggling if he stays it seems like the three of them really work well together and that they enjoy working together and I think Rogers will say hey let's make this work you know you see every week that he's hanging out with Randall Cobb's family and David Bakhtiari and his fiance and Devontae Adams and um, his wife and Mercedes Lewis and his um, girlfriend or partner. I'm not sure, you know, what the status is there, but they're hanging out like every weekend and they look like they're having a great time, that they really enjoy each other's company. So, you know, if they can keep that core group of them here, if they can keep the coaching staff together that Rogers really likes, I think he's back next year. Yeah. So. All right. Our next question is for Dusty Hi. from Matthew Keating. I need Dusty's help with picking a horror movie for the weekend. The Witch, The Thing, or Night of the Hunter. I'd also like a spoiler-free review of Halloween Kills. Thanks. Okay, I'll hit this real quick. So, uh, I mean, The Thing's an all-time great. Uh, I think, to me, it's between The Thing and The Witch. Uh, and it depends on what you're looking for. The Thing is an all-timer for me. I mean, that's Carpenter. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Carpenter guy. That's when I always watch in the winter because it's it's snow. Um, I like I like to feel like I'm there, you know, feel like I'm there with the the mutating dogs and and whatnot. Uh, I think I'd go with the witch just because I love that movie and it's it's fall outside, man. Like it's getting cooler here, the leaves are falling. The witch feels more like a fall movie, and that movie, I I I, I know it's a little divided. I love that movie so 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 much. So I'm 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 gonna go the witch there. I think that's uh, I think that's a good move. And as far as a new Halloween, I actually got that out of the background right now. 
I really like it. I, I, I uh, spoiler free. Um, I didn't love at the beginning. They're kind of recontextualizing some of the 1978 movie where you get uh, kind of Loomis coming back and Michael Myers always stood in the window and th- that kind of stuff. I was kind of there's a couple moments in the movie where I felt like it really could have turned into like retconning the series or explaining Michael's motivations, which I'm really not a fan of at all. Uh, but they shied away from that. They didn't go that route. Performances were good. I think, you know, a little, maybe a little slow out of the gate and some muddled stuff in the middle there. But uh, overall, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the ending was tremendous. They did a really amazing job of, of making Michael Myers just absolutely terrifying, which is not really something I've seen in a while. You know, the first Halloween kind of, you know, had that, but that's older now. Uh, got a little, not necessarily campy, campy, but, you know, it, he didn't really have that same terror in the middle. The zombie ones were kind of a little more grimy than scary. Like this one, by the end, Michael Myers, legit terrifying. Uh, so big, big fan overall. I'm, I, I liked it better, I think, than the 2018 one. Um, I'm not sure where it ranks in my overall, probably in the five to six range, I would imagine. But uh, yeah, really, really dug it. Love the characters. Um, I love uh, Andy Matichuk's amazing. I think Judy Greer's great. I like that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis even kind of stepped back a little. She was not a huge part of this movie. She's in it, but you know, not not the main driving force of it. So, I mean, all things considered, big, big fan. No idea what to expect, but I really loved it. And I just love, I love that John Carpenter's doing the soundtrack with his kid. I just, I think it's amazing and they're crushing it. And it's just, it's just so wholesome and lovely. And, and I love the music. So big fan. Very nice. Now it's spooky season. So this is Dusty's time to shine. That's right. <laughs> um, we also got a question from Eric Peterson and we're going to wait uh, to answer this next week because the food question specifically talks about what is an X factor in a great chili recipe and Steve is the chili guy. So we'll mm-hmm. come back. Eric, remind us next week to come back to this question specifically about chili because Steve is definitely the guy to answer that question. Um, and then we have one more final question this week and that is from our good buddy Matt Pickett. Um, and he said, a lot of people are voicing concerns that wide receivers and tight ends not named Devontae Adams aren't productive this year, yet the Packers are winning. Do you think the lack of spreading it around at all is a cause for a concern? If so, why? And then a second part to that question, which is a food question, you can only eat three foods for the rest of your life. What are they? My thing with this, and, and we even saw it a little bit this past week, has been, I don't know, like it... it they've shown when Adams is injured or they've shown when he gets locked up that they, they can spread that around. Um, we saw that this past weekend. I mean, you know, certainly after the Cincinnati game, when he put up 206 yards uh, that he was the go-to option, it's kind of a, well, who else do they have? But he was also open, you know, 206 yards. So, I mean, go to him. I, I you know, there are times where, when it can be a little tunnel vision locked on him, but I don't think as much as, as people tend to think, I mean, this past game, if you look at this past game, uh, you know, Devonte Adams had 89 yards receiving. No touchdowns uh, and 89 yards, 41 of which came on one pass. So it's not like he was tearing it up. So, I mean, when they go to that and granted Rogers had under 200 yards passing. And so you're not going to have as many yards, but we've seen the Aaron Jones games take over. They were a little more dedicated to the run game. I mean, this, this past week, Rogers had 23 attempts and they had 24 rushes between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. They're sticking with the run game. Uh, Aaron Jones caught, four targets, uh, all four of his targets for 34 yards. Lazard had caught uh, with Lazard catch three for 27, which is not huge. But Lewis, we've seen Mercedes Lewis catch a couple. So, I mean, they've shown and, you know, I think they'll lean on Aaron Jones when they need to. Um, you know, the, the Jones touchdown was one that they were trying to get to. I think Alan Lazard and then Devontae Adams. It was a, a concept we've seen a bunch before. 
try to hit that backside dig and it wasn't open. So you go to Aaron Jones. Like that wasn't something Rogers tried to force in there. That wasn't open. So you go somewhere else. But I think when you have a guy like Jones, when you have a guy like Dylan who can wear you down, we've seen him catch the ball when you, when you have, I mean, the, the hands of Jones, the route running of Jones. And then when MVS is in, he can stretch the field. We still haven't seen Tunyon, uh, you know, Daphne's been out, but you know, and Sarah, you talked about Tunyon a bunch before, but I mean, this is, I don't think it's an offense that's, that needs Devonte Adams to be great. Because if they take him away, they've got enough other talent elsewhere. It's just Devontae Adams can get open so easily. And especially on some of the quick hitter stuff they do, why not throw to him if he's open? You know, he can do something after the catch. That 41-yard reception was a slant that he just took because he had a great angle on it because he shook a guy at the line so hard. So, I mean, he had that they had that corner route, too, that he beat a guy off the line. I think Devontae Adams' skill set kind of gets him to – he wins so quickly. It's not This is not a guy that wins down the field. He wins so quickly that if it's a three-step drop, you know Adams has it, and so you throw it to Adams. But it, it's certainly not – again, this past week we've seen it. We've seen it in the past as well. If Devontae is double-covered, triple-covered, if they're taking him away, they'll go to someone else. It's typically been Aaron Jones. Um, it'll be Tunyon at some point. But I don't know. This is – I think that concern is a little unfounded. Um, you know, I, I get where the concern's coming from, but I, I think it's, it's one of those things that uh, – They've shown that they know what they know what they're doing on uh, the coaching staff, Aaron Rodgers. They know what they're doing. And if it's not working to Adams, they've got the talent to go elsewhere. Uh, so that's that's my that's my answer on that. And as far as three was it three foods, I can I can only eat three foods. It's always tough. I don't want to die. Um, I love fried chicken. I will eat fried chicken. I will eat steak. And I will eat um, now some kind of potato product, I guess. Um, French fries something like that. Let's just do that. Uh, I'm going to die anyway, but at least that'll be a beautiful death. So that's where I'll go with that. (laughs) Um, To answer Matt's first question, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. The Packers are winning. No, it's not a cause for concern. So I know people like to get into the specifics and, you know, look at all the stats and who's doing what. But right now, you're a fan of the Packers. They're five and one. They have won, you know, convincingly over a few good teams, especially being beat up with a lot of injuries. So I don't think it's a, it's a big concern right now. Um, as far as food, if I can only eat three foods for the rest of my life, um, I think chicken, because you can have chicken in a lot of other forms. Um, you know, you can bake it, you can grill it, you can fry it. You can kind of do whatever you want with that. Um, you can, you know, put it on a sandwich, whatever. Um, rice, um, because I eat rice probably almost every day. And then strawberries, because I eat strawberries, no joke, every single day, pretty much. <laughs> and when I travel or do something else where I'm not you know, at home and I don't have access to strawberries, I can literally wake up the next day and you know how you're really thirsty in the morning. I'm like hungry for strawberries. I'm like, I want them. <laughs> I need them. It's been a day and I haven't had them. Um, so I'm full on addicted. So those three would be the top. And, you know, honorable mention pretzels, because that's another thing I eat every single day. Um, pretzel goldfish. So I know, you know, that that's kind of my favorite snack. So we'll say, you know, the other three are my three, you know, foods and then pretzels would be the snack. So I'm going to go with that. Um, but I think that'll wrap us up for today. Dusty, do you have any final thoughts, any articles coming out um, that we should be aware of? What's going on with you? 
Yeah, I got some stuff coming out, as always. Yesterday on Packer Report, I wrote about uh, the Dean Lowry pass rush to end the first half, to essentially end the first half and push the Bears out of field goal range. Uh, so they went into the half down three as opposed to trying a uh, potential long field goal to tie it up and just kind of Dean Lowry doing Dean Lowry things, which he's been on a decent run. Uh, you know, I think against uh, when he gets matched up well, um, he can do good things. And he's been on a good run, and that particular is just a really nice uh, bull rush. So we looked at that. Uh, today over at Packer Report, I'm looking at uh, the Lazard, uh, touchdown uh, the the shovel pass which is just just beautiful and kind of playing off some stuff that they've you know done down there already this year and some of the jet sweep stuff and basically blocking guys without blocking them and all of that kind of stuff so again to that that's a pack report today and then later today at cheesehead uh, is the passing chronicles so we're looking at follow concepts they they were really kind of doing some of those kind of short kind of slant follow concepts in the middle when they needed yards, Aaron Jones doing stuff, a drift concept uh, with Aaron Jones doing stuff for that touchdown. And of course, the one time they ran the mesh concept this past week, it ended up with Rogers declaring his ownership over an entire city and people. So uh, really fun this week. It's a little abbreviated just because work's been insane. Um, but, uh, but I think it's still a good week and I'm hoping to hit something else as well. I've got some other plays running around. I want to get to, uh, so I'm not sure if slash when those are going to go up, but, uh, I'm going to try to get some of that stuff up, but yeah, not, not as much, you know, with the, with the passing game, it'll be a little limited, not as much as it had been, but, uh, still a fun week. You know, wins are always a fun week. So, uh, I had a lot of fun writing this week. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, nothing crazy. Work has also just been ridiculously busy for me, too. So I'm grateful for this time to just talk about something that isn't work and that's fun and that I enjoy um, and looking forward to the game on Sunday um, and writing a recap. Um, UCF has a home game on Friday night. I'm actually going to get to go with my dad. It's their space game. Um, so they have the whole space uniforms and everything like that. My dad's worked out at the Cape my whole life so i'm excited to bring him it, it was it felt right that i get to bring my dad to the space <laughs> game because he's the space guy so um so i'm really excited about that and hopefully just relax and it, it'll be interesting you know usually saturday and sunday are kind of busy because ucf plays i watch college football all day then i will watch packers and write on sunday but it'll be kind of nice to have saturday just off to do whatever i want sleep i'll probably sleep like all day um <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to apologize about it because I love sleep, especially right now when work's busy and I'm not getting a ton of sleep. So that's pretty much it. You know, definitely, you know, be on the lookout for my game recap should be out around, you know, dinner time, early dinner time on the East Coast, at least um, on Sunday. And hopefully, you know, writing about another Packers win. So I've, I've got to write about five wins in a row now, which is great. <laughs> so hopefully we make it six um, this week. And, you know, it's a short week next week and exciting. So, you know, Packers about to go on a big run here. Um, so, you know, buckle up. Let's get excited. And, you know, hopefully the three of us, are, to my knowledge, we're all going to be back next week to record. So the gang will be all back together for uh, the short week and probably breaking down, I think, maybe the injury report since we're a little oh, closer. Yeah. We'll have a different topic. So it'll be a good week. Um, but that'll do it uh, for this week. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Sarah Kelleher 4 at Steve Perhatch, at Dusty Evely, and of course, at Packaday Podcast. And if you enjoyed the episode, if you enjoy listening to us, you know, make sure, like, subscribe, give us a, a five-star review if you feel, you know, so kind and want to do that out of the goodness of your heart. But thank you guys for listening. And as always, we will catch you next week. And as always, go Pack Go!
much happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com